0: AgriTalk is brought to you by full scale from helena grow strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from full scale at reproduction and by propane propane is the energy for everyone especially farmers environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm see how at propane.com another monday sell-off followed by another tuesday upside price correction Wheat led today's recovery and provided spillover support for corn and soybean futures. Live cattle futures are starting to build in some weather premium, finally. And don't look now, but it looks like a real rally in lean hog futures.
1: Live from the other side of the Blizzard's Gizzard via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll talk with Don Rose from U.S. Commodities. And directly following the news, Brian Split from AgMarket.net. I'm the handsome newsman, Davis Michelson. Now, welcome the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right.
0: Welcome to AgriTalk. So, Davis, now, do you understand why I was showing the level of concern over this storm that Mm -hmm. I was showing yesterday?
1: Yes. Yes. I... I I'm beginning to sense what you were talking about. Yes. yes. <laughs> Very good.
0: Very good. Oof.
1: Everything good down there now, buddy? Got a little dark and a little chilly here for for a little bit this morning, but yeah. I think we're okay now. I think we're yeah. okay.
0: Yeah. The dark is one thing. You know, a lot of times you can live with that. You got flashlights. Sure. You got this. You got the but when it starts to get chilly inside the old abode, yeah, that's yeah. when you start to think eh, yeah. something is not right.
1: Well, when Mama gets chilly, Mama's not happy. And when Mama's right. not happy, nobody's happy. <laughs>
0: nobody. Ain't nobody happy.
1: But we i happy tell now. you what I'm
0: happy about right now. What's that? We have got the classic winter storm meal up in the crock pot Ooh. right now. That slow cooking beef roast. Mm-hmm. Look out, baby! Gravy yeah. for supper tonight.
1: Oh yeah, dude! The power came on, and I put a ham in the slow cooker. <laughs> I
0: really <laughs> did. It's the first thing I did. <laughs> oh, good idea, good idea, dude. All right, glad that you're back. Had Amen. a great conversation this morning uh, with John Hamanuk from mm-hmm. Empire Weather. If you want to get really into the details of the forecast. Make sure that you listen to that. And with uh, U.S. presidential candidate, Ambassador Nikki Haley. Great conversation with Ambassador Haley. Great. And please go back, give that a listen, and uh, report back tomorrow on that. Okay, Davis?
1: Well, it sounds like you did a good job of staying busy in my absence. That's <laughs> I good. did. Try to We stay did. Busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's real good. All right, buddy. Get to the <laughs> yeah, news. Man. Chip Wheat Futures took back most of yesterday's losses. March soft red winter wheat futures opened fractionally lower, then recovered to post an inside trading day with a high range close. Short covering gets most of the credit for the strength in the wheat market, although some traders noted the forecast calling for sub-zero temperatures in hard red winter wheat country over the weekend. Without adequate snowfall, that could leave the crop vulnerable to winter kill in some locations. Traders are also looking forward to the winter wheat seedings report from USDA on Friday. March HRW wheat futures were 11 and three quarter cents higher, 627. March SRW wheat up 13 and three quarter cents to 610. March spring wheat closed at 705 and one half chip. That's up three cents today.
0: Yeah, a, a really nice recovery. We didn't get back all of yesterday's losses, but we got back enough that it we can at least look forward to some sideways trading range, uh, some consolidation for the
1: rest of the week. Well, Chip, March, corn futures opened fractionally lower and dropped to spike support at yesterday's low. That triggered some short covering with front month corn challenging resistance at 460 in late trade. The high range close points to consolidation of prices ahead of Friday's quarterly grain stocks and supply and demand reports from USDA. Pro-farmer crop consultant Dr. Michael Cordonier from Soybean and Corn Advisor puts the Brazilian corn crop at 117 million metric tons. That's unchanged from last week well below usda's december estimate of 129 million metric tons better growing conditions for brazil's first crop of corn capped the upside recovery march corn futures four and a quarter cents higher at 459 and one quarter may corn up four cents 471 and a half july corn futures closed at 482 up four cents on the day quite the disparity there on the brazilian corn crop chip oh absolutely
0: and it's going to be a wide range going right into friday's update from usda Gotta get that March contract up above four sixty. I know fifty-nine and a quarter is close, but it's not above four sixty, and we gotta get make that happen yet this week.
1: March soybean meal futures spiked support at the October 5 low, then retook most of this morning's losses to help bean prices recover from session lows. Soybean oil futures opened on session lows and closed near session highs, with traders unwinding long meal short bean oil spreads. Chart watchers are looking for tough overhead resistance in March bean oil at 49 cents. March soybean futures spiked support at yesterday's low before following wheat and corn prices back to the upside. The contract spiked resistance at 12.50, but failed to close above that pivotal level. March beans, 3 cents higher, 12.48 and one-half. May beans up 4 cents, 12.58 and three-quarters. July beans closed at twelve sixty six and one half. That's a four and three quarter cents, Chip.
0: Would have been nice to get that March contract back above twelve fifty, but this is the way that a weather market trades. Mm. Big move to the downside, a little bit of an upside recovery, and conditions are better in South America than
1: what they were a week ago right now. Well, Chip, March Cotton today was thirty one points higher, eighty seventy three. On your livestock's cattle country seems to be in a real mess with plants skipping shifts due to the winter storm. With another storm expected before the end of the week, a disrupted kill schedule could derail thoughts of another step up in cash cattle prices this week. But packers also need to raise incentive to move cattle through the blast of the winter weather. February live cattle futures spiked support at 170 and recovered to close above the opening range. February fat cattle, 82 and a half higher, 170, 77 and one half. March feeders down 20 cents, 224, 87 and one half. Chip can confirm it's nasty out there in western Kansas.
0: Oh, it, it is big time nasty, and and this uh, this weather premium that seems to be being built into cattle
1: is well worth it. Yep. Quick before we go, Feb hogs yep. one dollar twenty seven and one half higher today, seventy one yeah. eighty seven and a half. We'll come back to that.
0: Yeah, that's uh, what an upside recovery looks like when it turns into a real rally is what we've got happening in the hog market. All right, thank you, Davis. Let's bring in Brian net. How you doing, BJ? Good to talk with you again, buddy.
2: Always a pleasure, Chip. Thank you. Yeah. How are you?
0: Oh, doing just fine. Just fine. Got uh, some, some important uh, corn-soybean contracts bumping right up against resistance. Just couldn't get to close above it.
2: Yeah, and I'm not going to make too much out of what we do over the next couple of days. Um, okay. I think really it's all about what uh, the market does on Friday and how we close on Friday. Uh, and in my own personal opinion, the the more we go down into that report, the more difficult it's going to be for that report to have, to have a bearish reaction, even sure. if it is a bearish data set. Uh, and and heaven forbid, if we get a data set that looks bullish, uh, then I think you've got a, a, a major turnaround coming. Uh, and I do want to caution listeners on the February hogs. Uh, it's been a really good run uh, in the last couple of days, but with the exception of that big sell off that we had on January 2nd, the first trading day of the year, We've been in a trending channel um, and we started in that channel when we gapped lower on november 24th and it looks like we hit the upper end of that channel today so this is one of those markets where when you're in a trending channel you do want to avoid buying new highs they look like they could be breakouts uh, but that overhead mm-hmm. resistance just moved, notches up a little bit higher every time you get up there. So now the low end of the channel is the actionable buy point. That's probably going to be down around 67. So I wouldn't be surprised if hogs backed off five bucks and, and gave you a shot of being a good buyer down there. Just avoid buying new highs until we clear the upper end of that channel.
0: Yeah, yeah, good counsel. Head, hogs are notorious for giving a head fake in the middle of a rally, aren't they?
2: Absolutely. They can be very fickle, no doubt.
0: Yeah. Yep, no doubt. Good stuff, Brian. Thanks, buddy.
2: You bet. Catch you later.
0: All right, man. That's Brian Split, agmarket.net. All right. So everybody has kind of a guiding thought, a guiding principle that is directing their risk management for the year ahead. I want to find out what Don Rose's from U.S. Commodities is next.
1: We've cleared the schedule for you. Give us a call at 855-482-5524 and join the conversation.
0: Welcome back to Talk. I'm Chip Flori. Glad that you are with us on this Tuesday afternoon. Uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead and jump right to this. Don Rose, U.S. Commodities, is our guest analyst today. Don, welcome back to AgriTalk. How are you? Hey,
5: Chip. Just doing fine, and thanks for acting me back.
0: You bet. Glad that you're here. Glad that you're here. Uh, if I may ask, Don, uh, you're you're a traveling guy. Where are you at? <laughs> well, right now
5: I'm in Nicaragua, you know, and I'll go back and forth, uh, hopefully down into Brazil, Argentina here um, before much longer, but we'll see. Um But, yeah, I've been uh, down in this uh, Central South America area for, oh, since 2004, you know. So, yeah, yeah. so that's where I'm at right now.
0: Okay, what are you learning down there?
5: Well, you know, I think the big thing learning that when you look at it overall is um, the whole Central South America was in that El Nino pattern, most definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, That we were in that hot, dry pattern, unusually warm, lack of rain And it is true, uh, around the middle of December, things just started to change. Uh, And, you know, both central and uh, northern uh, Brazil, central Brazil, as we know, started to get that moisture. But you could really feel it, you know, in the air, just the temperatures just went cooler. So uh, I think what I've learned so far, you know, down through here is uh, the real question mark is much like we have in the Midwest, how much damage has already been done, and are we going to revert back to those uh, warm, dry patterns that we had for so long? Basically, from the middle of September, as we know, to the middle of uh, December. But um, that's going to be the question mark, I think, going forward. And we're going to start to sort that out in some of these reports uh, this week.
0: Yeah, I I was just going to ask you that. How much damage has been done is the ultimate question. But what we also need to know is when we are going to know.
5: Well, you know, I think, you know, the combines tell us. Um, And, you know, the problem in in northern Brazil all the way down to Argentina is just a huge uh, land mass. Um, And uh, northern Brazil right now, they're harvesting. Um, I would say that the yields from, you know, the people we work with, uh contacts i would say their yields are off somewhere 30 to 50 percent which is probably why you're hearing um you know maximum yield drops of 200 to 300 to 400 million bushels um and then can we make that up in that southern area with the uh, moisture picking up um and the weather going back more normal so i think that's going to be the real question mark here and uh, we've taken an awful lot of risk premium out of out of the market uh, for yeah. the uh, un- uncertainty with the rain, uh, Chip.
0: Yeah, yeah, we certainly have, Don, no question. So it- it's going to take until Combine's roll, until we know just how much damage has really been done. But what do you think we learned on Friday from, well, or this week from the CONAB numbers, and then on Friday from USDAs? They're, they've at least got to recognize the the stress that that crop has been under don't they well
5: you know and i think we're going to find that out because i think tomorrow morning conab comes out you know usually it's on the day before the usda but you know they're going to be out early uh tomorrow um i would not be surprised on that uh that first corn crop has been hurt um i would not be surprised if uh conab took uh took the uh production in brazil corn down to you know from 129 down to 118 117 million metric tons which you know is bordering on 400 million bushels so a big drop i mean i think that's the risk to this market um and i think the same thing on the soybeans you know you can make a case uh that you could be down as much as 10 million bushels now do on uh 10 million metric tons is that going to happen in this report? You know, I mean, that's 360 million bushels, but I think you can make a case that, you know, we drop at something, you know, maybe a couple hundred million bushels, but we'll see. I think it's going to be more interesting to see what CONAB comes out with versus the USDA, because I expect that the USDA has been uh, behind the pitch here and wants to be behind the pitch and let uh, CONAB be the leader since they're really right on the ground there. So um, we'll, you just don't have a lot of risk premium in this market currently chip for some of these things that can go wrong and there's still a big growing season ahead of us in uh, brazil and uh, argentina and paraguay for that matter uh, uruguay so big growing season ahead of us yet chip
0: okay so if 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 USDA or CONAB let, let's go with CONAB i think you're right i i, I think you're right CONAB number is going to show us the way on the on the USDA number so if Conab takes that 10 million tons off of the Brazilian crop, 360 million bushels, did, uh, is that enough to get a reaction out of the market? Oh, I think
5: most definitely. I mean, I don't okay. think they'll take it down that much, but I mean, I think it's possible they take it down a couple hundred million, but... You know, Chip, in a market, in the big perspective of things, the market goes down as ending stocks and production. I I mean, sometimes we make it too complicated. You know, keep it simple. Usually a market goes down as production and yields are going uh, uh, larger. And then consequently, when ending stocks start to go smaller, when yield starts to go down, it makes people nervous and you add the risk premium back. And that's what I would expect that happens. And, you know, in the big picture of things, Chip, I think, you know, if you sit back and look at it, uh, a year ago, the government told us that they were going to cool inflation, that they were going to uh, raise interest rates. And we're always taught, don't fight the Fed. Well, they were going to cool inflation. And number one thing they targeted was food inflation and uh, energy. And they did both. So I don't yeah. know if it's a huge surprise that they, uh, they got the job done. It,
0: it, don't fight the fed. <laughs> that's that's good. <laughs> that is good counsel right there, Don, and good perspective. Good perspective. Uh, the other thing that I keep coming back to in South America is we have to look at what, what's going on in Brazil because that's the big dog. That's where we're focused. But, when you look at what is happening in South America compared to a year ago, it, it, we're, it we're more than likely going to have a, a bigger to much bigger total supply out of South America than one we did a year ago, right? On beans. Yeah, you know and
5: I, yeah, on beans, and I think when you look at it, probably the the real issue um, is soybean meal. Um, you know, we okay. just put in contract highs and, you know, on the soybean meal here a while back and dropped $100 a ton. Argentina was the biggest, the largest uh, soybean meal exporter in the world, and they're going to bounce back, uh, big time. So I think what you're going to find going forward is, uh, the U.S. is going to have to try and compete with Argentina on meal sales and meal, uh, funds are starting to liquidate the meal and the oil market is pressed down here. We have what? 200 million bushels of, uh, renewable diesel fuel coming on board the end of the uh, last half of 24. So I would argue that, uh, the oil share goes up and the meal share goes down on this crush and, um, flipping around where oil was beat up so much and meal was the, was the winner. Probably that reverses chip. And then soybeans are going to be caught in between with, uh, how that relates to the crush.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I I have a hard time arguing that, Don. And, and when that <clears throat> new supply of soybean meal out of Argentina is first available to the market, which, what are we talking about, April?
5: Yeah, I would say uh, probably April, May, you know, when yeah. it really starts to hit the market. And, you know, that's the time frame when... Uh, you know, we'll see how we react to it, but you yeah. know the funds are really starting to sell out of the soybean meal here. There,
0: okay, um, yep.
5: You know they tried to uh, try tried to try tried to press the corn market today, and no luck. So that's probably a good sign.
0: Well, yeah, you, the note that I sent you early this morning, they were just starting to rev up on the sell side, and I was thinking, oh boy, <laughs> if they if they get this thing going to you know the momentum to the downside as we're making new lows, this can't be good. Honestly, $0.04 cents higher today felt like a dime. It 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 felt like a really impressive price performance in the corn market, didn't it?
5: Well, you know, Chip, I tell you, when you drop in nine days from top to bottom, about $0.29 cents on corn and about <laughs> $0.92 cents on soybeans in seven days, it's a market that is one that you're uh, uh, kind of a sold-out type of market here. And mm-hmm. so I think you have to be very careful And, you know, the funds are sitting here with you combine all the positions of all the uh, grains. uh, They're sitting with the largest short position, probably, what, 290,000 contracts that they've had since the the pandemic of 2020. So you got to be careful if you kick the dog one time time too many, you know, you might get bit. So um, let's see what happens going forward with some of these reports.
0: Gotcha. Yep. Yep. And one of those reports that we've got coming up on Friday is the quarterly grain stocks report. It has a history of providing some fireworks, I guess I would say, some midwinter fireworks for the grain markets. Uh, Could that happen again? We'll ask Don, Don Rhodes, U.S. Commodities here on Agritalk.
1: Let's go to the markets page at profarmer.com and check today's closes. Where March hard red winter wheat futures were 11 and 3 quarter cents higher, 627. March SRW wheat up 13 and 3 quarter cents to 610. March corn futures were 4 and 1 quarter cents higher, 459 and 1 quarter. May corn up 4 cents, 471 and 1 half. March soybean futures were 3 cents higher, but 1248 and 1 half. May beans were up 4 cents, 1258 and 3 quarters. March cotton 31 points higher today, 80.73. On the livestock, February fat cattle 82 and one cents higher today at 77 and one half. March feeder futures down 20 cents to 24.87 and one half. And February lean hog futures $1.27. and one half cents higher, 71.87 and one half on the close. Try ProFarmer.com. Opinions expressed on Agritalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. In the morning, you're coffeeed up and you're thinking. In the afternoon, you've calmed down, but you're still thinking. We're here all day. Agritalk. Welcome back to Agritalk.
0: I'm Chip. Glad that you're with us. Uh, Davis is here as well. You know, I, I think am. he's still there. Is, is everything is still functional down there?
1: Oh, still, so, you know, more functional than ever. Yes. Fantastic. You betcha. Fantastic.
0: Good to know. And we're in the middle of a conversation with today's guest analyst, Don Rose from U S commodities, Don, something you said, the largest short position, corn, soybeans, wheat, since the pandemic lows. And, uh, you know, I think to myself, Oh, yeah. It, it it would be a it would be a welcome change just to get them out of short positions from short to neutral or even close to neutral but it feels like in these markets right now don we are a long 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 ways from providing the funds with the incentive that they need to go from short to out to long in the grain commodities aren't we
5: Well, you know, good afternoon again, uh, Chip. I think the real question mark is what do you think the real fair market value is on uh, corn, soybeans, and wheat? Um, And I think what we found out on wheat is look at the wheat market. It's been months that we haven't gone anywhere. Apparently we're at fair market value. You know, Egypt uh, searching around for some cheap wheat, uh, you know, help give some support today. Uh, Wheat acres probably going to be down, you know, on, uh, you know, one to two million acres on the report Friday. So, um, you know, looks like we're value there. And I know we don't talk about oats. Oats hasn't gone anywhere for a number of months. It's at fair market value. So, It is true that the uh, corn market pushed down uh, past the harvest low, soybeans pushed past the harvest low, but uh, what do you think the real price is on it? And then eventually you reach a place where fundamentally um, there's no reason to press it anymore because you're at a value, you know? And uh, I would argue that you're probably not that far away from that. Then if anything changes and the uh, ending stocks or crops starts to get smaller, Yep, the market gets these uh, funds to reverse right now. Um, okay, so I I think it's just it's one of those you don't know, but it uh, doesn't feel like a place that you want to get too negative, Chip.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. It, it it's like you said in the last segment. Don't overcomplicate it. Keep it simple. Watch your trends, and uh, your total supply. Yeah, I think are...
5: I think that's the big thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So keeping it. I've got a couple of things that I want to come back to leading into uh, Friday's reports from USDA. But is that kind of your overriding theme on your risk management for this year? Just kind of keep it simple.
5: Yeah, I think, well, and I mean, that's always been our our real belief is, you know, look at the big picture, where we're going. Um, You know, then make sure you're always in line with the uh, funds, their movement. You know, we've got a system that tracks it back and forth, which, you know, to, to me is very good. It's been since the 80s workforce. And, um, you know, then in the big picture, like we said, don't fight the Fed. And I mean, they pretty well told us that they're going to beat down inflation. And that's one that you have to be very careful of. Uh, we've seen it do it. We've seen it do, be, do it before. And they're uh, mm-hmm. same thing, doing it, did it again, you know. So uh, for every action, there's no reaction chip. So, I mean, keep that in mind.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Quarterly grain stocks report. It's got a history of creating some volatility in the grain markets. Any thoughts going into this Friday's uh, quarterly grain stocks report? Well, you know, I think
5: first of all, on the corn, you know, you, you know, you sit here and say, well, why is the corn market just struggle? It can't seem to go any place. It took out the harvest lows before the soybeans, all this and that. Well, Um, probably going to be somewhere around 1.1, realistically, 1.2 billion bushels more corn around December 1st than a year ago. So somehow we got to shrink that. We need a surprise. Um, you know, usually it's in the transit. They, they miss it, you know, on where it is, how it's moving. Um, soybeans probably has a chance to be positive again. I mean, it uh, probably versus a year ago, going to be somewhere around 35 million bushels less uh, than a year ago. And remember the government's kept these ending stocks just around this 240 uh, ending stock, like 240 million bushels forever. Apparently they feel that's what the pipeline minimum is. So yeah, there could be some fireworks pretty fast, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, The, there's been some talk that, Hey, you look at the court, the, the monthly cattle and feed reports with the, you know, bigger than a year ago over the last three months that that feed and residual number that's kind of a you know that the tough number to really peg in the total usage but that feed and residual number could come in a little bit heavy this time any thoughts on that well, you
5: know, that's possible. And just to to remind the uh, uh, listeners that feed and residual is just a fudge factor. That's the one that they add up everything that they have. And they say, well, it must be feed, you know, either more or less. So uh, it's a catch-all, kind of like the residual on soybeans. So, yeah, you know, we've had, I think, I forget when it was, like 2008 or uh maybe before that, where in the September report quarterly. We're supposed to know exactly because it's the year-end, everything, you know, it's easy. And they missed it by 400 million bushels. Yeah. So you can be, uh, you can get some surprises on these, Chip. When, and uh, that's what I always say. When the technicals are leaning the way they are, the downside is probably you know minimal, more upside than downside. You have to be careful because if any of these reports happen to change everything reverses in the psychology, uh, reverses very quickly. So seasonals are still positive. It's been a contra seasonal on the, uh, the market. And, uh, you know, the producer's been uh, putting some grain in the pipeline with these DP contracts. And so, you know, that's kind of been an, an anchor here also for the okay. market.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. We also get the annual production summary. Haven't talked about that at all. Uh, my, the, I think the bias of the market going into Friday is that, national average corn soybean yields steady to maybe up a touch. Is that, uh, is that the feeling that you've got?
5: Well, you know, and I think that just, you're right. I mean, the average guess is uh, exactly on soybeans and corn on the yield on what we had before. Oh, okay. um, you You know, that's where the average guess is. And I think, you know, the belief is that a big crop gets bigger. But I would not be surprised if the yields came down just a little bit, Chip, on corn and soybeans. Probably not a game changer. Acres, uh, you know, aren't going to change on this one uh, probably at all. So usually it's this, you know, those supply demand balance tables from the production usually are not a game changer. Um, we'll see if this one is any different. So it's usually, it's just like you said, it's usually in the stocks number. Uh, it's in the world numbers, uh, yeah. South America, what do they come up with? And, uh, that, that should really, uh, set yeah. the stage for what happens going forward.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, I said in the, in the opening of the show that Uh, lean hog futures have gone through enough of an upside recovery that it's kind of turned into a rally here. What's going on?
5: (laughs) Well, you know, in Iowa, of course, we have 25% of the hogs. And I tell you one thing, uh, the hog industry is probably, I would say, as chaotic as it was in 1998 losses. um, Just uh, the only thing that's different is by the big, small and medium, everybody seems to be uh, having some issues. Eventually, Chip, uh, I know we've had this liquidation, uh, has been going on. It's been just massive. Um, the pigs per litter uh, keeps going up. What we'll the sep, uh, no farrowing, uh, or the pig crop was up uh, 4%. But eventually, Chip, that translates to something better in 2024. It's just a matter of when it starts. And then remember, at some point, you're going to run into lower numbers on cattle at the same time. So, yeah. um, that m- lower numbers on cattle might help the pork, too.
0: Yeah, gotcha. The real wild, cor- wild card on the cattle side of things, is it beef demand and and the unknown about the economy?
5: You know, we talk about keeping it simple. When you go to the store when cattle were up around 200 and you're yeah. going to have to pay uh, $20 for a ribeye um, and the economy is starting to turn soft, You know, the demand probably eventually turns soft. Well, hello, the demand turns soft and they're trying to get it back again now. So, Yeah. um, yeah, that's I think it's all about the demand and cheaper products out here to compete on protein levels.
0: Okay, can do you think cattle can make a run back up to the highs that we posted in 23?
5: I think the cattle market's made its high. Um, Okay. You know, that 200 was probably the spike. I think, you know, we always get ahead of ourselves. um, And I think now what we have to find is, yeah, the numbers aren't there and we'll learn, we'll learn to live with less going forward. Um, But yeah, I think that those numbers were just too big. Um, No, I think we retrace back. um, What's a fair market? Like we always say, Um, maybe, maybe more like 180 to 185 is good versus 195 to 200. Okay. Um, that's what I would look at, you know, particularly with the competition in pork and poultry.
0: Yep. Yep. And there's a few guys out there, Don, that are screaming, if you get back up to the highs, on it, they will sell them this time.
5: <laughs> well, you know what? we've been at this a long time. You get up there and then the news is so positive. It's like, well, I've got the right to change my mind. Don't I?
0: That's right. That's right. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Good stuff. Well, you travel safe, my friend, and, uh, looking forward to more reports from you. Okay. Sounds good. And thanks for asking me
5: and, uh, hope you have a great day and all your listeners.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Don. That is Don Rose. U.S. commodities. Um, he, uh, he, He takes his crop scouting very seriously. No question about it at this time of the year. He'll be making his way down through Brazil and into Argentina. We'll catch up with him again later this winter and into the spring and see what he has learned down there south of the equator. Okay, when we come back, Davis is here. Let's find out uh, what he is thinking about this, more, this afternoon right here on Agritalk.
3: To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings,
4: propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time.
1: where the conversation begins. Join us at eight five five four talk ag Welcome back to Agri-TALK, everybody. Your pal Davis Michelson here with Chip Flory. Yes, sir. A um, little problem with the uh, electricity this morning yeah. over here at uh, Rancho Newsman. I think Dang we're okay it. now. Yeah. Dang it. You know, it was a, it was a good way to test out our, uh, our you know, our survival cold weather grid down gear. Yeah. We, you know, we survived pretty well for about that. What? Four or five hours there that okay. the lights were out. I, th- I was I going to say, now, is this the-
0: something that did, did the power like leave you overnight or was it early this
1: morning? Uh, woke up this morning. Actually, uh, my alarm was going off and I'd rolled over and hit the snooze. Yeah. And uh, then my, because I have it set on my phone and on my clock in case I sure. missed one. The the phone went off. The clock stopped dinging. It's plugged. Oh, oh. The, hmm. Something is awry here. That was right at seven a.m. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we just we just got back on. I don't know what was that one, 1 30? I texted you. Hey, I'm back. One fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I know there there are areas who are still out. Um, yeah. Now here in the in the Kansas City area and other other places. So, right. Uh, yeah. Right.
0: You know, we, uh, it, th- this storm that, that is happening right now is no laughing matter. No. Uh, the conditions out western part of Kansas were terrible. Uh, some of the, uh, the workers at the, the cattle processing uh, plants out there just ended up having to spend the night Ooh. at, at uh, the plants because they couldn't get home. Well, if they're not getting home, the cattle aren't getting in. Right. The the next shift workers probably aren't getting in. It's created all kinds of a scheduling mess out there. Uh, like like you said in the news, I don't know if if that scheduling mess is is going to leave it so that eh the cash market doesn't have to do a whole lot this week, mm-hmm. or if the cash market is going to have to recognize that if they want cattle in place for processing, they they're going to have to put some extra incentive out there to get guys to move cattle through this weather. Um, you know, and, and some other incentive is already being supplied. If you can move a pen of cattle and get them out of there, you, (laughs) you want to go ahead and do that. And, uh, uh, that way you don't have to worry about Mother Nature's toll on what you've got out there in the
1: feed yard. Well, and then there's also the uh, the bubblegum shrimp uh, sort of delivery. But okay. nobody else brings them in. If you can get some in, man, it's yeah. party time. It's
0: party time is right. Yeah, especially, that's but. especially right. If, they're, if that plant is up and running and, and on thin supplies, you're in the driver's seat. Yep.
1: Whew. Safety first, though.
0: Do I have to say oh, that? Yeah. Safety
1: first, you know.
0: That, I don't know. That, tough. No, now here's the thing. This is a heck of a storm. Mm-hmm. It looks like Friday into Saturday. There's it might not come It might not last as long, but the intensity yes might be even more severe than what what this round was. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we don't get as much snow. But we get snow in a shorter period of time, and then the temperatures. Watch out for those temperatures, guys. Yes. Yep. Holy smokes! It uh, the bottom is going to drop out on on the temperature scale, and whoo, we've got some cold temps coming our
1: way. That yeah, we do. That we do. Yeah. Um, I want to rewind us back to uh, BJ Split AgMarket.net. The more we go down. Ahead of Friday's reports, yeah. the yeah. less it will go down on bearish news from the reports. Did I get right. that right? Yeah, yeah. That's a good thought. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. Right. the idea of baking it in, right? Exactly, yep. yeah. Uh, the idea is that if we've got some f- selling, and and if the market does go down into Friday's reports, it's going to be the funds in their selling more than likely is what mm-hmm. would be the source of that selling pressure. Well, if they are selling in anticipation of the reports, once you get the reports, even if it is negative, they they may be more inclined to exit a short position just out of a failure mm-hmm. to go lower on bearish news. Yeah. So something to watch. Now, conversely, if they're bearish going into the report, they get a bearish report and a negative reaction, a negative price reaction, well then it's pile on. Then it's pig pile.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: the pig pile on the, on the corn market. Um, I don't anticipate that that would happen, but you cannot, you cannot rule that out. Uh, I, I think a, a much more likely scenario is consolidative trade right into Friday and get the numbers out of the way and, uh, pick the direction based on, on what's happening in South America after that.
3: Yep. Uh,
1: Don Rose quickly, um, Made me wonder. I put a star by this. this is a question that I wrote. Um, are consumers finally price shopping for protein?
0: I I don't know. I don't know. There are still some heck, some some really really good deals out there in the protein case, isn't there?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there really yeah. are. Yep. So, but some we, of that is going to be post post holiday stuff too. I got some yes. hams that were you know you couldn't steal them for cheaper than what I got them. But right. it's post-holiday stuff. It's oversupply at the store itself,
0: you know. Exactly, exactly. I was glad to see that you helped them uh, to solve some of their their burdensome supply oh. issues.
1: Glad to help. Glad to help. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. But uh, <laughs> the 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 overall attitude on the on the demand side and the recession, and are we starting to feel some mm. of the demand pinch? Yes, you got to say yes to that because of what what's happened in the box beef trade, this big setback in the choice heavy in the heavyweight choice graded boxes. You got to believe that that is because consumers have started to back away from some of the higher price cuts there in the meat case. We'll see how long it lasts,
1: bro. I've uh, never that, seen a scarier shade of blue on this six to ten day temperature. Yeah, there it is. There it's it scary. is.
0: It is full blown ninety percent chance of below normal temperatures expected right in the middle of the country. Iowa, eastern, uh, uh, southeast Nebraska, eastern Kansas, Oklahoma, Missouri, Arkansas, Illinois. But the most of the country is looking at below normal temperatures January 15th through the 19th. Below normal precipitation over most of Iowa and Illinois, Indiana. Uh, near normal uh, precip expected outside of that area in the middle of the country. Tomorrow morning, we've got Colin Peterson from the Peterson Group and a farmer forum here on Agritalk.